So tonight I wanted to touch on the subject of truth and the importance of it and how to protect ourselves from and loved ones from being deceived from things that are not true. Um, but the, the thing that kind of struck me is, you know, truth is a gift like every other thing that the Lord gives. It's, it's a gift. It shows us reality in a world of confusion and deception. But the funny thing about truth is it's not always easy to deliver. It's not always easy to accept. Um, but nonetheless, it's good for us. It's, um, it certainly edifies us and leads us in the right direction. Truth guides us. Uh, it keeps us from harm. And it helps us navigate our life. Um, Randy had mentioned a lighthouse the other day. Um, and, you know, that kind of reminds me of truth as well. You know, you're going through life and you, you really sometimes you don't know what decision to make. But that lighthouse is there and you know those rocks are there. You know, or uh, I think of these helicopters or these planes that fly through these mountains and they fly through these, uh, this fog. Well, without the radar, they're, they're going to they're gonna hit the rocks. They're going to hit and be you know, um, destroyed. So, you know, truth is like that in a lot of ways. It shows us, you know, what's in front of us and helps us make right choices. Um, truth is reality, and it's not insanity, as we'll probably touch on a few things that y'all would agree is insanity today. Um, but truth is essential. You know, truth is essential in our beliefs. Um, we're going over the foundations, uh, and that's certainly... Um, important, you know, but our beliefs need to be true. Um, our doctrine needs to be true. Without that, we're, we're you know, building on sinking sand, right? Um, but also, there's other aspects of life that we need truth in. We need truth in science. We need truth in relationships, every relationship that we have, you know, our spouse, our co-workers, definitely our business partners and people we interact with, you know, trade with, um, our relatives and friends, we need truth there as well. Um, for the younger folks, you know, um, you need truth in career paths. You need to find out, you know, what the Lord wants for us in our life, and that's truth. You know, you need to use his principles in that. And lastly, we need truth in politics or lawmaking. We certainly want to make sure that our laws are righteous and true and not, you know, uh, slanted or perverted. You know, the Bible does say, you know, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And that certainly is uh, something that I can relate with, right? And everybody can relate with. We need truth spiritually and practically every day of our lives. You know, and there's really, truly a lot of truth. So, uh, Proverbs 12, 22, uh, this is kind of what the Lord feels about truth as well, right? It says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully or his delight. Um, but there's good news in the fact that God is the author of truth. Um, so we have communion with the author of truth, which is amazing. Um, Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And the Holy Spirit is sometimes called the spirit of truth. Um, John 14, 15 through 17, he says, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. It says, the world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, 
But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. What a wonderful promise. And uh, also in John 15, 26, the Lord says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. <clears throat> truth and light are synonymous. They go hand in hand. You know, the, the lighthouse and the, the radar, you know, that, that's definitely something that looks like truth. Um, and there's a few scriptures that, that also put both truth and light together. Um, Psalm 43.3, <clears throat> it says, Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. So certainly that, that truth is going to bring us and it's going to lead us to God. Um, John 18.12, again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So that's a, just another wonderful promise that, you know, he's that beacon. He's that, he is that savior, that light. So, um, you know, if you really think about it, truth and light lead us to God, to his kingdom, to his dominion. And he has, the, you know, the life. It leads us to the life we should have in the Lord. You know, and this is what it's all about, knowing God and knowing his will for our life, right? That's, those are the big questions. But not everyone wants to live in the light, certainly. Um, Jesus said in John 3.20, he said, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. So not everyone wants to be in this light. Um, and also 1 John 2.11, uh, it says, But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So we have an adversary. We have the opposite of truth, which is falsity, um, misrepresentation, um, also half-truths. That can be real dangerous, um, lead us, you know, in a wrong way. Um, dishonesty and lies, those are all the opposite of truth. And um, lies are used to deceive. Um, you know, other words for deceit or deceive are fraud, dishonesty, craftiness, cunning, devious, treachery, and hoodwinking. And there's a spirit of deception the Bible talks about. And this spirit of deception works to control and manipulate and certainly kill, steal, and destroy. It also brings under bondage. It keeps people in the dark keeps people in ignorance, uh, keeps people in error, it uh, keeps people fleshly, and ultimately um, leads them to death and away from God. That's, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to deceive us through lies uh, and craftiness and cunningness and lead us away from the Lord and, and hurt us, I mean, basically, right? Um, no one goes through life and says, you know, I think I'm going to be deceived today, you know, We'll, we'll go through some examples, and, and these people started out. And I, I know we, we don't want to as well, but nobody wants to be deceived. Um, but it comes slowly, and it comes gradually, and, and eventually you're there, right? But you can, you can be deceived individually. You can be deceived as a family. You know, our family's always done this, and we've always been this way. Well, that doesn't mean it's right or it's true. Um, you know, as a church body, you could go off the deep end on some doctrine, 
um, you know, you can be uh, led astray there. Um, and you have local congregations or cities, states, nations, or worlds, you know, it, it all has, you know, different um, examples. But one example I'd like to say, and I'm sure everybody's thought about this um, quite often, is World War II and, and uh, Germany or the, the nation of Germany. I mean, how did that happen? How did, how did that nation, that was a nice little nation, turn into monsters? You know, they, you know in 1940, they became very aggressive. Um, they had no value for human life. They abandoned God, and they followed a man that promised them that he was going to bring them to be a great nation. And, um, you know, during this time, <clears throat> the, the nation heavily used drugs, um, and especially the military. They, they were a fighting machine, but they used this, these drugs to, to just keep going. Um, but they, it, it progressed into savagery and even worse, as we know. Um, but this, this had to have been a spiritual phenomenon. It couldn't have been, you know, only man-made. It had to have been the enemy behind this that had taken this nation and, and you know, made a fool out of them and um, shown the world how, you know, um, debt-deprived man can become. So thank God we came out of that and, um, you know, we we're, we're, uh, have some laws against it and, and hopefully we've learned from it. But unfortunately, there are deceptions of the enemy that are prevalent today. Um, there's a few, a few categories that I put this in. Um, one category would be deception through ignorance or lack of information or half-truths. And, and we, we all you know, probably agree with all this stuff, but it is affecting us, and that's why I'm bringing it out. You know, the first example is evolution. I'm, I'm sure you know, um, that, that, that's probably not something we... we gravitate toward but it's out there and it'll gravitate toward my grandkids and it'll gravitate towards your kids or grandkids or whatever it's out there but the fact is it's not it's it's a it's a theory it's not a truth and it's portrayed in the textbooks from kindergarten all the way through graduate school as truth um, and that's that's a problem you know I think the enemy is working there um, there needs to be, you know, if, if there were truth involved, there would be proper disclosure statements, you know, saying that this is still a theory and, um, you know, reasonable um, back and forth of, of all these different um, ideas. And certainly the more science looks at this theory, the more it uh, breaks this theory down. I was watching a documentary the other night and they were talking about cells, you know, and the people said, you know, those scientists said those cells are made like a machine. It's just, it's just a plain machine. It's got parts and it does stuff. But if it's missing a part, the cell doesn't work. And these, you know, scientists that were well-renowned said, you know, there's no way this could evolve because it'd be broken. And so it's things like that that are, you know, taking Darwin's theory and shining the light and people are going, you know, I don't think he was totally right, and I don't think we evolved from slime. You know, um, there's probably, you know, we need to start looking at creationism, um, design, intelligent design, things of that nature. But unfortunately, 
we're not there yet. Um, a lot of people are persecuted for taking that stance, uh, especially in colleges, academically, um, but it's, it's, it's gaining ground. Um, another, um, another issue that we're facing is socialism and communism versus private property. Um, you know, we, 20 years ago, we got, that's crazy, that's not gonna happen. Well, it, we're here, you know, there's a lot of folks that, that are vying for this. Um, but you know, a good uh, antidote to that would be take all those folks that really want it and let them move to Russia or North Korea and live there for a year and see if they come back and say, I wanna do that. You know, the problem is, is that the people who are portraying this wonderful government they're not giving the whole truth. They're giving some of the truth, but they're not going into the brutality and the oppression and, you know, the, the, the lack of freedom and, and, and you can't say things. You know, they don't go into all that. They just go into, we need to share everything. Everything's going to be free. But um, so that's just another means that, um, you know, this nation is, is having freedoms taken away. Um, and we need to be aware of that. Um, another issue that's certainly um, been prevalent uh, for a long time is abortion. Um, it, 80 percent of the mothers who see an ultrasound of their baby change their mind at that point. So, you know, in the beginning, you know, people thought oh, it's not, it's just a blob of tissue and uh, there's no feeling there and there's, there's nothing there and we're, we're just going to take care of it. Um, but now the ultrasounds are coming and, and the, the mother sees the baby and, um, you know, science is uncovering things. It's, sh it's shedding the light. And, you know, that's a great thing because there's two people who are harmed in this situation, at least two, you know, probably more because there's a family involved as well. So, you know, it, that is not taking somebody's rights away. It's actually the Lord wants to protect people. He doesn't want people doing this. So, you know, the enemy does. He wants to ruin people. He wants to ruin people through this, ruin, ruin lives, everything else. But, the, you know, the, there's always forgiveness in the Lord. And, um, you know, he is the answer. But this is another way that, you know, we're, we've been deceived through lack of information. Uh, another um, lack of information uh, topic that we've covered or, or if I've, you know, I've seen recently is COVID-19 and the vaccine for the disease. In the onset of this, no one knew what to think. This was lack of information. But we now know that this information was withheld from the public. We also know that there were numerous instances of public announcements that were false and misleading to the public. And billions of people trusted their government and other authorities um, and still do trust these authorities, but we're seeing that the, this drug is proving to be dangerous. So the truth about it is, is we need full disclosure. We need to know, you know, what is in this, what, what ingredients are there, what side effects are there, and also the drug companies need to take full liability of anybody harmed from this. They, they, they aren't doing that now. You're, you're out of luck if something happens. And certainly there's, there should be no mandates and no persecution of medical personnel that have different narratives or prescribe different drugs to combat this disease. Um, so we need that truth. We need that light. We need that freedom from the Lord. 
Um, the second way the, the enemy deceives is through appeasing the flesh. Um, we'll go through some examples there. But that's, that's, you know, we have a flesh and, and we're weak, especially when we're young Christians or no Christians. We're very weak. And the, the devil appeas, uh, or appeals to the flesh. Um, one way is use, the use of illicit drugs for pleasure or competitive advantage. You know, I can think of high school, you know, football and everything else. Guys want to get ahead or, you know, somebody wants to get away and not think about anything. Well, those drugs, you know, typically end in destruction of the body, a financial destruction, and it ruins families if, if they're, you know, um, have families. Um, I'm sure we all know folks that have battled with this, and we have the answer. We can bring that answer to them. Another deception uh, through appeasing the flesh is homosexuality. Um, you know, this starts out as a private decision, right? And, and you know, they're going to make this decision. Okay. Um, after that decision, guess who? Guess what? They, they have a family to go back to or relatives. They have people that they have to interact with. And it's either, you know, in this situation, um, you either agree with that lifestyle or you don't agree with that lifestyle. But there's really no middle ground right now, you know, if you ask me. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a private, um, it's, a, it's something that they do privately, but it turns public quite quickly. And even now, you know, in the public schools and, and they're making laws, you know, that uh, it's okay. It's, it's not against God. It's not against his will. But certainly as Christians, we know that the Lord, you know, talked about a man and a woman and, um, and talks about, um, Romans 1 talks about homosexuality, etc. So that's something that we're battling. But again, we have the answers as Christians to bring that to a hurting world. Because uh, it's, you know, people can say they, they are so, you know, in great shape, but underneath they're really not, truly not. Um, another one that affects quite a few people in the church and out of people is pornography. Uh, this is a huge deception. And it's so easy to get to now with the cell phones. Um, you know, uh, just a, I mean, we, we waited to give our kids uh, a cell phone. And, you know, we still want to monitor, you know, folks that are in our house, you know, because it's so, so prevalent. And, you know, the ads pop up and, you know, whatever. Um, but what happens, especially with a male, you know, it, it lures them in and it ruins the mind. It, it perverts the thought process. It strains relationships with, you know, other people you're involved with, um, causes pain. We, we had a, um, at, at my old church, we had a um, retreat. And I think this, there's some truth to this, but it's, you know, we haven't found it in the Bible. But, th you know, they were saying that when a husband gets into this type of stuff, it physically affects the woman. Like, like she has pains and stuff like that. And like, where's that coming from? And, you know, uh, that was at Lakeview. Um, we, we talked about that. And it was, it was a really good, um, you know, time of trying to get to the truth and trying to, you know, make sure that, that we're not doing this kind of thing. But it, it affects so many people. Um, the Lord said, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. That's our standard. And we can do that standard by his grace. And that is freedom. And, and that is, you know, not having to worry about all this other garbage. 
it's, it's truly uh, freeing. Um, two more quick examples of um, just the deception through the flesh. Uh, one is transgenderism that's getting popular today. Um, basically, that's the epitome of narcissism, um, self-absorbed. You know, what, what am I? You know, you have to believe what I believe I am, you know, and things of that nature. Um, there, there's no, you know, who is God and what can I do for my, my neighbor? It's all about me, right? And then um, the last one, oh, and, and just a note, uh, you know, that type of lifestyle does um, bring about a higher suicide rate, which that's exactly what the enemy's shooting for in that, in that situation. Um, and lastly, uh, but sadly, there's one other group that's gaining momentum in uh, certain states. Uh, it's called minor attracted people, you know, and, and I won't even go into that, but it's, it's just absurd what this society is getting towards. Um, but, you know, hopefully the fields are white and we can and share, share that truth um, because the answer to all these fleshly deceptions is the same. It's repentance and it's trusting the Lord for deliverance. He's, he's done it for millions of people and he's, he's willing to do it for anybody who wants to take him up on his offer. So, you know, that, that's the simple answer, but it's true. It does happen and it's amazing. Praise God. Um, I'll just read 2 Thessalonians uh, 2, 11 through 13. Maybe we can, we can go there. But it's, it's about folks, there's two types of folks. Uh, one, one type doesn't gravitate towards this truth. They, they, they shun it. And then the other one is the folks that do gravitate, gravitate towards this truth. Um, it, it's it's uh, night and day, night and day. So for, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 through 13 says, For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness but we should always give thanks to God for you brethren beloved by the Lord because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and faith in the truth so praise God for, you know, for his salvation and uh, his sanctification. Sanctification is bringing us out of the, of the sin patterns that we have. So uh, there's one other uh, category that I wanted to cover. It's religious deception. Um, it's, it's something that is affecting a lot of people as well. Um, and more specifically, it's probably in the movement of ecumenicalism. Um, ecumenicalism used to mean we're going to get together as Christians and yeah, we, you might be a Methodist and I might be a Baptist and we, but we want to serve the, the poor and we'll do something ecumenical and that's what it used to be but now it's anybody who believes in God is in and we're all going to pray to God and it's okay and that's what seems to be the theme it's been going on for, for a while um, in 1986, Pope John Paul II had summoned leaders of all the world's religions to join him at Assisi um, with the object of praying together for world peace. So 
but that was done a while back. And there's a comment from 1 Peter 5. This is a Catholic art, you know, like website that reports on things, and they, they did a pretty good job of summing up what happened. It says, at this meeting under, Pope's, under the Pope's presidency, representatives of many Christian churches, together with an assortment of Hindus, Tibetan lamas, Japanese bonzes, tribal snake worshipers, and animists of all sorts performed their respective rites. Some of the less mainstream officiants showing a little embarrassment of having to exhibit their customs outside the, the privacy of their native groves. So they all came together, and it's a, it's a sight to see all these people lined up, and um, they were praying for, for peace. But other, other notable inst, uh, you know, events were the Pope actually kissed the Quran, and uh, it seemed like, you know, that to me, he's, it's a sign of reverence and acceptance, right? Um, and he also participated in pagan worship. He didn't just observe it, he participated in, in that. So um, why don't we turn to 1 John 4, 1 through 3. And we'll walk through this. <clears throat> so John says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. So we're not supposed to bring everybody in and believe everything? He says, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. And we test them through being Bereans, through looking at, looking at the word of God. He says, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So if you have a meeting and you have a bunch of religions and they're all the same and there's 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 no savior there you know they're, they're, everybody's accepted everybody is praying for world peace but there's no preaching saying this is Jesus who came to the earth who is who is the real God you know that that is you know we'll go into what Peter said in Acts but that's what he's asking for right here. But if you don't do that, you're really not saying that Jesus has, has come from God. Jesus Christ, Jesus Messiah, Jesus Redeemer, Jesus Christ is not from God. I mean, is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from, I'm sorry, let me read that one more time. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. So certainly there, it's probably not an explicit thing where people say, you know, Jesus is not God, or Jesus didn't come in the flesh. But a gathering like this, that says we're all going to pray and we're all right and God's hearing us, it's implied that, you know, Jesus is just one of many. And that is not, you know, of God. That is not saying he is the Christ. That is not putting him as Christ. It's plain and simple. It's hard to say, but it is true. 
And what does this say to God? What does this say to God who sent his son to die for the sins of the world? And then there's a big old gathering and nobody acknowledges that he is the savior. He's the one. Nobody acknowledges that. It's all, oh, we're going to get, no. That's got to be very offensive to God. Very offensive. So 35 years later, now we're 35 years later, there's the same type of guests and more. Another Catholic um, website, news agency, um, LifeSite News, spoke with Michael Hitch, who noted he's the founder and president of Lapentano Institute, <clears throat> who noted how the meeting came two years after the infamous Pachamama event in the Vatican. Okay? And I'm just saying this because you know, this organization has billions of people following it. You know, very big influence. And, you know, there's people inside this organization that don't agree with this for sure. But, you know, when they do stuff like this, it's affecting many. And, you know, our, us as the church, we need to speak the truth in love and say this is not right. This is not right. So anyway... Um, this guy, Michael Hitchborn, says, <clears throat> two years ago this month, Pope Francis participated in an act of idolatry whereby the statue of a pagan deity of the earth was venerated in the Vatican gardens. That means prayed to or honored or whatever. Then it was processed to the Vatican Synod Hall and enthroned on the very altar of St. Peter's. Hitchborn goes on to say, and now the Pope is practicing another form of idolatry in the form of human brotherhood without Christ. Hitchborn declared, men of faith seek Christ to save them from the evils of this world. We certainly do. While men of no faith try to bargain with the world to ease their suffering. While these men seek human solutions to what they believe to be man-made climate change, this guy says it would do them good to remember that the thermostat is fixed in hell. So that's what his statement was for this meeting. And the reasoning behind all these, you know, this, this group of people that says we can pray to God, one of the big reasons is we're all the God of, you know, Abraham's, everybody's, we're descendants of Abraham, you know, Muslims, Jewish, and Christians. We're the descendants of Abraham. Okay, I, I, I agree with that. But let's turn to Acts 2, Acts 2, 22 through 25. And let's see how Peter, a Jewish person, addressed the Jewish people. They're all descendants of Abraham, right? And we're supposed to, we're supposed to follow the footsteps of Peter, right? He, he's given us a great example. So in Acts 2, 22, he says, fellow Israelites, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from agony of death 
because it's impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And he goes down in verse 36, he says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Is, is that what's happening today? You know, with these ecumenical movements? That's what should happen today. That's a great, great idea. Invite everybody in and preach in the gospel. That'd be wonderful. Verse 40, uh, he says, with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. He said, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And here's the good news. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to, their num to the number that day. So praise God for truth. Praise God for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. This, this spirit brings liberty, brings freedom, brings holiness to people, brings fulfillment to our lives, brings wisdom that we need every day, brings knowledge, brings skillfulness, skillfulness to do our job, uh, do, do whatever. Um, you know, they built the wall with, you know, the skillfulness of the Lord. Um, tr uh, the spirit of truth brings peace, reconciliation, uh, love, joy. It brings protection from the enemy and harm from evil people. So Jesus certainly is the truth and the light, and, and he, he touches on all different aspects of life. He, he shows us different things. He's not just the, he's not just the teacher. You know, he, he is the way. He's the way. Um, he taught on uh, treating your neighbor as yourself. He taught on matters of the heart. He taught on matters how to give. You know, the widow with the might. He taught on marriage and divorce. He taught on treatment of your enemies. Nobody ever taught that kind of teaching, treating your enemies like, like he wants us to. Um, he taught about love that leads to God, not pacification. He touched on children a lot. You know, he said he taught on how to treat them. He wanted them to be able to approach God. And uh, he said, you know, it'd be better for a person to have a millstone tied around their neck than to have one of these little ones led astray by that person. So he certainly loves children. He taught about how to work. He talked about money, the love of money, and um, serving two masters. He talked about heaven and hell and the kingdom of God. And those are just a few things that, that he gave us practically you know, practical truths to help guide us. So what do we do in this environment of deception? As Christians, the enemy wants to deceive us just as much as anyone else, if not more. Well, there's some practical things we can do. The first is to get saved, right? To get, to go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And that's repenting of your sins and trusting Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's, it's that simple, but um, it's got to be from the heart. It's got to be profound. And then afterwards, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit. We want to lean into God, even if it's scary or difficult to do, you know, even in, in today's time. We want to pray for wisdom to know what is not of him, that we don't get deceived. We want to pray for that wisdom. We want to fast. You know, fasting is a, is a great thing spiritually, and they're saying health-wise, too, it's, it's actually good for you. Um, we want to stay informed with the, you know, right um, 
trustworthy uh, information. And, you know, practically we want to reduce debt if possible, you know, not spend our money unwisely and get into all kinds of debt. You know, the Bible says that the, the debtor is the slave to the lender, right? Well, we don't want to be slaves. Um, we want to network with like-minded people, and that's certainly, you know, not forsaking the assembly. You know, this is where we get encouragement, edification, and, you know, we, 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 we have like-minded people. And at this time, we want to cherish relationships with loved ones. You know, we truly don't know <laughs> what the next day brings, you know, this time, this time around. I don't think I'm being over, uh, you know, dramatic here. I think everybody would agree with that. Um, but, you know, God will lead those um, who want to follow the truth out of deception. We may not know at all times, you know, we're being deceived or whatever, but eventually he'll give us enough light and he'll lead us out of deception if our heart is to follow him. So we want to seek God and use his words as a standard and, you know, make sure that our motives are pure right, and they glorify Christ. We want to tell the truth in love, which is not always easy to do. We want to be bold for Christ, yet humble in our attitudes. And we also want to, as James says, consider it an honor to suffer, to do what's right. You know, we want to glorify the living God in all that we do. The other side doesn't have a living God. <laughs> we have the living God. They have a deceiver and, a, and, you know, one that is bringing them to destruction, whether they know it or not. Or they, they don't have any, you know, they don't believe in anything, but... That's what the other side has. But our God's living, and he is, he is Lord of all. So I just wanted to finish with one more scripture. It kind of sums everything up. Uh, it's 1 John 5, 18 through 20. So maybe we can turn there. 1 John 5, 18 through 20. John says, We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. We are in him who is true, by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So that really sums it up, and it, it, it really points to the answer. Um, but praise the Lord for his word. And um, just if you, you know, think about it, 2 Timothy 2, 14, 14 through 26 also sums it up pretty good. I, I just um, thought that I'd pick one out of the two. So um, I'm going to just close with prayer. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your truth. Even though it may hurt sometimes, even though it may hurt, um, be difficult to deliver, Lord God, um, people have um, different doctrines and, and um, beliefs about you, Lord God. And we pray that Jesus Christ would be glorified, Lord God, that, that he would be the Messiah, he would be the Christ, Lord God, above all, and that we would see this in, in um magnify him and that others lord god would see this and magnify him and in doing so be led to life lord god 
and you would shed the light um, on the darkness, Lord God, and that you would help us see things that we should not approach, Lord, that you would give us wisdom in everything that we do, Lord God. And we thank you for your son, Jesus, making a way, Lord God. Without him, we are, um, we, we have no hope, Lord God, but with him, we um, certainly um, obtain the kingdom, Lord God, that you've given us so graciously. We just thank you and you praise you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. And I, I very uh, thank you, Eric, for sharing that in that word. He closed with this verse. I'm going to read again from the King James. This is the blessing of it all. And, and we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. The Lord has given us an understanding. The whole message tonight was about truth and deception, uh, light and darkness. And, and it's all, all in Jesus. The truth is in Christ. Um, he is the one that brings us out of darkness. He's the one that keeps us out of darkness, continually going through life. Uh, that it says he has given us an understanding that we may know who, him that is true and we are in him that is true even the son his son Jesus Christ this is the true God and eternal life okay and the battle has, hasn't changed always think about this what's the first thing that God created in creation it says in uh, on the first day it says in in the beginning uh, God God separated the light from the darkness, right? He, he said, let there be light. The first spoken word that he commanded, and there was light, and God separated the light from the darkness. Right there, the very first chapter in the first couple of verses in the whole Bible, that's the first thing of creation that God did. It's important to the Lord. It's a great picture of uh, spiritually speaking as well. A separation from the light. The Bible says in him, speaking of Jesus, is light, and there's no darkness at all. It's not a blending. And all the ecumenism and all the uh, just coming together like one big happy world, it's, there's, it's impossible. It's, it's not that, that it's not a good idea or you think it's a good idea. It is impossible. What fellowship has light with darkness, right? What fellowship has he that believes with an infidel? Or an unbeliever. So on this platform, I'm going to say we're going to get all the Baton Rouge religious leaders together, and I'm going to be up here with a Hindu and a Muslim and, you know, a Christian. It doesn't work that way. It's not that we despise them. It's not that we think we're better than them. But we're in the truth, and we're happy to be in the truth. And I'm not going to pretend like that's truth as well, because somebody had to share the truth with me to get me out of the darkness that I was in, even if it wasn't religious darkness. It was darkness the darkness of sin and unbelief. So this is a very uh, needed thought, this message that was brought tonight. And he covered all kinds of different examples. And, and you probably, while he was talking, could think of 20 other ones, okay? But anyway, I'm just very thankful that I don't have to live in fear of being overcome by darkness. I don't have to live in fear of being deceived we don't wake up every day thinking today might be the day I'm deceived. We're in the light. And the Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 
So, but I need to walk in the light as he is in the light. The protection from it, and I don't want to talk too long, but the protection from deception is walking in the light. It's walking in the light of his word. It's having you personally, a personal communion with the Lord where you hear the voice of your good shepherd. You have discernment from God because you have the Lord. You have the spirit of Christ in you, and he has given us discernment to where we know. Nobody's telling me, but the Lord's telling me, showing me there's some, there's some lies here. There's some darkness here. There's some false here, and we need to know that, whether it's coming from the media or whether it's coming from a, a TV preacher that you're listening to or a Christian book you picked up in a bookstore. We need to know. We need to know this is of God or not of God, and you absolutely can. He has not left us unequipped for this life in, in Christ. Amen. Press in, like he said, lean in hard to the Lord. Press in to the Lord. There's not some new secret formula for this. It's praying and seeking God and spending time in his word and then walking in the light that he's given us. Amen. And he'll give us more light. Thank you for sharing that tonight. Y'all just stand with me. We're going to close tonight in prayer. Please be in prayer. As I mentioned earlier, there's quite a few folks that are in our church that are sick and uh, just seem like we're always battling different sicknesses. But the Lord is our healer. Amen. And I'm trusting and believing him for that as well. But, Father, we thank you tonight. Oh, God, we thank you for uh, this word that you brought through Eric. We thank you, Lord, for him taking the time to prepare and having a desire to share the truth. God, we thank you, Lord, for um, the, the reality of knowing Jesus and walking in the light. That we're not in darkness. We were at one point. You said we've been delivered from the the kingdom of darkness and translated and delivered into the kingdom of your son. But Lord, we're not in darkness now. And I thank you for that. God, help your people not only to walk in the light, but to, to be salt and light to others that are in darkness, God. Give us your compassion for them and help us to trust you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.